Thank you for joining us for today's Pulpit Hour, a message from God's Word brought to you by The Preaching Channel. To listen to this message in its entirety again, to download it or to choose from a variety of other messages, or to listen to preaching 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, log on to WGCRpreaching.net. The Gospel of Matthew chapter number 1, Matthew chapter number 1. Let me give you a thought this Christmas that I hope will encourage you. Matthew chapter number one. The Bible says in verse number 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in hers of the Holy Ghost. She shall bring forth a son. Think about that. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people. From their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. She shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel. Which being interpreted is God with us. Father, we pray that you add thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin. Empty me of self and fill me with your spirit. Help me to be a blessing to these thy people and hide me behind the cross of Christ. God, make a difference like only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Stand. If you're in Matthew chapter 1, I'd like you to flip back a couple pages to Malachi chapter 4. And you'll notice the last statement in the Old Testament reads as follows. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. The Old Testament centered around God's people, the Jews, ends in a curse. God's people who had found found themselves in utter darkness, fallen, miserable, deprived, depressed, destitute, and downtrodden, were now a divided people, a separated people, a scattered people, a dominated people, moreover, a cursed people. If you know your Bibles and all not spend a lot of time Speaking of the Old Testament, but as it centers around God's people, the nation of Israel, that by the time the book of Malachi is written, God's people have already been dispersed. They've been thrown into captivity. 
Their land has been destroyed. Their temple has been desecrated. There are people that is divided. There are people, in so many words, that is divorced from God. They're separated from God. They're under control of other people. They have found themselves a people who had prospered, a people who had been blessed, a people who had been redeemed, a people who had been snatched out of bondage, a people who were in covenant with Almighty God, a people who had been brought into a land flowing with milk and honey, a people who were most prosperous as it, as it pertained to the goodness and favor of God of any other people. If you don't know your Old Testament history, you must understand that God himself by his own prerogative chose the nation of Israel unto himself, chose to bless them. He chose to prosper them. He chose to redeem, redeem them. He chose to, re to deliver them. He chose to do them like he did no other nation, but because of their disgrace and their disobedience, now they are people who was once blessed and now is cursed. According to theological history, for 400 years after Malachi is written, God gave them a famine of the hearing of the words of the Lord. These 12 minor prophets that spoke on God's behalf, combined with these four major prophets that were the voice of God to his people, were now silenced, were now cut off. And can you imagine the time between Malachi and Matthew where the people of God, who have grown accustomed to the word of God and the orders of God and the direction of God, are hearing nothing. No prophet, no voice, no inspiration, no direction. Try living your life without hearing from God. And such is the case in Israel. Here they are, wandering around in darkness. And as we heard the song just a moment ago, light when everything seems dark. Listen to me. The lamp was out in Israel. The lamp was out in the world. Sin ran on every corner. No wonder God said, lest I smite the earth with a curse. Because those people he had taught and led and fed and delivered were now disagreeing with him. They were now disgracing him. They had adapted idolatry. They had bought into paganism. They had, they had bought into the foolishness of the world. They act like they'd never known God. They'd never been delivered by God. They had never been taught by God. They'd never been fed by God. They'd never been spoken to by God. So God said, since I'm talking and you're not listening, I'm done talking. 400 silent years of Jewish history. Really, not just the Jews, but spoken word by Almighty God. Listen to me. I couldn't imagine not hearing from God for one day, much less 400 years. Yet that is where Israel is. So when you open your Bible to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1, and we understand that Matthew, being a publican and a tax collector himself, was was led to the Lord by Jesus himself. And we understand that Matthew is, is inspired by God and pins the first gospel uh, to, to uh, in the word of God. And he's writing primarily to the Jews, God's people. Now please understand, as the earth lay in silence, as the world in error and in sin, as God's people just absolutely plummeted as deep as they could possibly go with no voice from God, with no direction from God. The theologians say that in the Old Testament, it is a book filled with unexplained ceremonies, unfulfilled prophecies, and unsatisfied longing. Hear me now, beloved. For the Jew, the traditions of the temple and the sanctuary and the tabernacle, the rituals of the priest and the ordinances of the law went on and on and on and on. But the reason why they had to go on and on, because one year later, after their sin had just been atoned, it came up again. These high priests that were full of good ones and bad ones and kings that were 
filled with good and bad and, and prophecies that were spoken and written of 456 or so prophecies in the Old Testament about somebody named Meshiach, somebody named the Messiah. Now imagine the Jew, we've heard he's coming, uh, we've heard he's showing up, uh, our, our, our nation is in disarray, our people are scattered, somebody has been promised to deliver us, somebody has been promised to save us, somebody has been promised to rescue us, but all we're leaning on are broken seeming promises, unfulfilled prophecies unsatisfied longings and a bunch of unexplained ceremonies we go to the temple every single day but what good does it do to go through a ritual at the temple and to be empty in our hearts and out of the midst of all that darkness a historical event takes place oh I wish somebody say amen because if you felt like the Jew felt you'd be glad this event take, took place because out of the madness, see, there seemed, there seemed to be nothing happening that would rescue the Jew from his silence. There seemed to be nothing occurring that would save the Jew from, from his misery. There seemed to be no light shining. The candle had been put out and the Jew was wandering around in darkness and obscurity. The Jew, who was the most prosperous man on the face of the earth, was now a man without a country. Now, out of all of that, Matthew makes a statement that jumps out at me. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ is on this line. Wow, well, what? Well, yeah, first of all, the, the, the terminology of that doesn't even fit within our vernacular. The birth of Jesus Christ is on this line. This doesn't even seem to make sense. Here's, here's what the birth of Jesus Christ is on this wise. It means this is how it went down. Uh, this is how it happened. Uh, this is how it took place. Uh, this is the record that has been put down. Uh, this is something that, listen to me, this is something that does not need to fly under the radar. This is not something that the theologians need to make up. This is not something that needs to be abandoned to conjecture. This is not something that man's imagination needs to surmise. This is not something that the movie stars need to write or that the fairy tellers need to tell. This is not something that religion needs to come up with or, or man needs to discover in his own heart. Listen to me, my friend. The sad thing about society today is we've gone off on our own tangent and we're going to make Christmas be what we want it to be. We're going to make religion be what we want it to be. We're going to make Jesus be who we want him to be. And sadly today our world, like the Jew, is drowning in the darkness of materialism and, and humanism and emotionalism and experimentalism. Listen to me. Many are drowning under the disease of religion. Oh yeah, they're dying to drugs and alcohol and sex and rebellion but some of them that don't smoke drink cuss chew or run with those that do are drowning under the religion of Allah and Buddha and Confucius and every other perpetrator that tries to steal the glory of almighty God no wonder Matthew picked up his pen and said before I tell you about Jesus let me let you know that the greatest historical event up to this point that has ever happened will not be written down without a meticulous record let me tell you, my friend, Matthew says, I'm going to tell you when it happened, how it happened, where it happened, and with whom it happened. Because this is one event and one baby whose birth will change the world. Now, the birth of Jesus 
live on this land. I'm glad we got a record of it. Uh, 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 when, you, when you go to Christmas this year, don't feel like you got to come up with a meaning. Uh, don't feel like you got to justify the significance. Don't feel like you got to make up what this thing is all about. And by the way, don't feel left out because you didn't get what you want. Uh, and don't feel sad because you couldn't buy what you wanted. And don't feel left out because somebody you gave a gift to didn't give one back to you. Because I'm trying to tell you, Christmas is not about gift giving to each other. Christmas is not about decorating the tree and putting wreaths on the outside of the house and, and lights up. Christmas is not about the celebration that we have with friends and family. Although all those things are good and blessed, my friend, Christmas is about the birth of the greatest person to ever grace planet earth. And when Jesus showed up. Listen to me. The silence of heaven was broken and all of a sudden a God that had not said anything to his people for 400 years said extra, extra. Read all about it. This is one baby though born in a manger, though born out of the instrument that the animals eat out of. Though there was no room for him in the end. Though the king tried to kill him and the earth tried to shatter him. This is one man's birth that we will record word upon word detail upon detail why he'll change your life now the birth of Jesus was on this wise this is how it happened now let me give you several quick principles that gives us joy at Christmas because the birth of Jesus was on this wise number one his majestic pedigree where he came from listen to me listen to me before listen before you start teasing Matthew as to not knowing how to arrest the reader in the first few moments of his book, chill just a little while. Pump your brakes. I, I, I know that we like to open the book and we like the book to grab us from the moment we first start reading it. And unfortunately, a list of genealogies and family trees is not exactly an arresting first impression out of a book. But you see, Matthew knew to whom he was writing. He was writing to the Jew. And where you came from and whose family you were a part of was important to the Jew. You see, because the Jew was looking for somebody who was the son of Abraham and the son of David. They were looking for somebody who came as the lion of the tribe of Judah, but somebody who also would fulfill the promise that a seed of David would also always sit on the throne. Now the Jew had seemed to be perpetually blocked. Those that tried to stop the Jew, they had tried to stop the Davidic line from still having somebody to sit on the throne. In Genesis 12 and Genesis 22, God promised Abraham that through his seed, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And I wonder if when God told Abraham, you will have a son and your son will bless the world. I wonder if Abraham didn't realize that yes, he would have Isaac, but the son that God was talking about that in the family of the world they would all be blessed was not his immediate son Isaac but his long time down the road son Jesus no wonder Matthew starts off says the book of the generation generation gives this idea the origin now watch this now of Jesus Christ look at the words Matthew 1 1 the son of David and the son of Abraham you say what's the big deal I'll tell you how 
He was a son of David. That gave him a racial tie. I mean, a royal tie. You hear me now? He was a son of Abraham. That gave him a racial tie. You see, Abraham establishes uh, his race, but David establishes his royalty. So not only did he come through the Jews, but he came from a royal bloodline. You see, he had a racial tie and a royal timelessness. But I love the fact of this great genealogy that there's a great redemptive touch in all of this. You see, I love the, I love the great attention that's given to inferior folks in this, in this genealogy. I love the attention that's given to be inclusive of this genealogy. It is amazing that you've got brothers that are included in this genealogy who weren't the firstborn, but the secondborn. You, you know what God's trying to say? Uh, when I send my son, he ain't just coming for the top dog. He's coming for the underdog. I notice in this genealogy, there's not only those that are the second that are mentioned in this genealogy, but notice women that are in this genealogy. Notice that Tamar is in the genealogy. Bathsheba is in the genealogy. Rahab is in the genealogy. Ruth is in the genealogy. You say, what's the big deal? First of all, uh, Jews would pray every single day a prayer like this. Thank God that I was not born a woman. You see, to be a Jew was, was a big deal to become a man because through your seed, the family would perpetuate. But I want you to notice that God used women in this genealogy and he put them in the bloodline of Jesus. You say, what's the big deal? I'll tell you what the big deal is. Tamar and Bathsheba were adulterous women. Uh, uh, Rahab uh, uh, was a prostitute and Ruth was a Moabitess who was from the people that God had cursed. But God was reminding them that not only will this son come to a line that, that, that will bless the inferior, but it'll include everybody. You see, long before Acts chapter 10 and 11 and God started getting Gentiles in the church just through the bloodline of Jesus, he said to the world, my son will be born and he won't come for black or right or rich or poor or smart or dumb. He'll come for the prostitute, for the Moabitess, for the adulterer, for the crackhead, for the homeless man, for the educator, for the broke dude, for the up, for the down, and the all around. He came for everybody. Wow. What a pedigree. What a pedigree. My soul. Jesus said, I'm looking out for the underdog. And if you don't think I love the underdog, look where I came from. Now, wait a minute now. Notice now, through all of this, that despite the racial tie and the royal timelessness and the redemptive touch, I want you to know there was a retained trail. You say, what's the big deal? I'll tell you why. Because somebody that's just as skilled on prophecy and on genealogies as you are is somebody by the name of the devil. And listen to me, he knew what God promised Abraham and he knew what God promised David. So the devil's plan, the best way to make sure that God, that Jesus could not come through the line of Abraham and ultimately through the line of David was to be to mess up the line. And let me tell you something, he tried to do it and oftentimes looked like he pulled it off. Oh, David, listen to me. He's going to come through your seed. But David messed up and slept with Bathsheba. But the mercy of God forgave David. And out of that mercy, a man by the name of Solomon was born. 
But Solomon loved strange women and began to worship the idols that they worshiped because he loved their strange women. But thank God that even though Solomon had messed up, God's mercy helped Solomon. But out of Solomon came Rehoboam. And Rehoboam was a fool that allowed the nation of Israel to be separated. You know what that meant? Ten tribes of the nation of Israel would be messed up and would be controlled by the north. But you see the mercy of God that allowed two tribes, little rags at the bottom, Judah and Benjamin, to maintain the bloodline. So Jesus had a way to come through. And listen to me, after Rehoboam, you find out other good men like Asa and Jehoshaphat and Uzziah and Josiah were doing right, but they were also uh, matched by others that did wrong. You see, Josiah seemed to lead the people to do right, but not long after he died, they went right back to their mess. So notice, after Josiah came, uh, his son Jehoahaz came, and all of a sudden, this son Jehoahaz came, and all of a sudden, Israel got carried away captive in Babylon. Josiah's brother followed Jehoahaz by the name of Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim was installed just as a puppet. He too fell prey, and he was carried away to Babylon. And then Jehoiachin uh, was the last king that ruled before Israel was totally controlled and stripped of all of their luster and delivered to Babylon. As a matter of fact, Jehoiachin ushered in a curse from God that basically said nobody of Solomon's sons will be allowed to sit on the throne. you got to imagine Satan as he's rubbing his hands together to say, Jesus can't show up. He don't have no good line through which to come. Solomon was the way, but I messed him up. Josiah fixed it back up, but I messed him up through his son and his spring. And all of a sudden, it seems to appear that nobody will be allowed to sit on the throne through the line of David down through Solomon because Solomon's seed was cursed and disallowed from sitting on the throne. The devil has given him a chest bump to the rest of his demons because we have wiped out the possibility for Jesus to be born. But little did he know on the back roads, round the corner, off the radar, where he didn't estimate. The gospel of Luke chapter 3 records for us not the bloodline that comes from David through Solomon, but the bloodline that comes from David through Nathan. And we understand from the word of God that through another living son of David, God preserved the seed that was not tainted by a curse whereby Jesus could be born. And when Matthew opened up the Bible and said to the Jew that this Messiah was come. He said, check it out for yourself. He lines up with Abraham. He lines up with David. The birth of Jesus was on this wise. Wow. What a pedigree. What a pedigree. Who else could the Jew claim that was the son of David and the son of Abraham at the same time? Because of his racial tie, his royal timelessness, his redemptive touch, his retained trail. David, listen to me, Matthew convinces them he's got a rightful throne. <laughs> he may be born in a manger, but he ain't, he ain't, he ain't small stuff. <laughs> he, he may be wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, but he's the king of kings and lord of lords. He had a majestic pedigree, but notice, secondly, the miraculous phenomenon. You say, Pastor, what's so big about the miraculous phenomenon? I'll tell you why. Look at verse number 18. When as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now, please understand, beloved, that in the Jewish times to be betrothed or to be engaged 
was almost the same as being married. In theory, they were already married, and at the time of the official wedding, they would consummate that marriage that had really been already officialized. Can you imagine the alarm on Joseph's face when he discovered that this fiance of his that has been betrothed to him and set aside to marry him is pregnant. I wonder what Joseph must have felt like when the woman he loved that seemed to be virtuous was now with child. What difficult circumstances arose and no doubt in my mind. And by the way, just for the record, I want you to know that in some translations of the Bible, the word virgin is translated a young woman, but under no circumstances in the Greek can virgin ever mean anything but virgin. You understand something? She wasn't just a good woman. She wasn't just a blush on her cheeks. She wasn't just innocent in her talk. She was a virgin. Never been with a man. Never been involved immorally. And all of a sudden she was this virtuous woman who by God's choice was conceived of the Holy Ghost. Now watch this now. God himself put Jesus as a baby in the womb of Mary. You say what's miraculous about that? You show me any other virgin that can get pregnant. You show me another woman that was a virgin that had a child. Now wait a minute now. What was the big deal? I'll tell you what the big deal is. Jesus did not come of Joseph. He came of Mary. Did you miss that? Look at verse 16 in case you won't take my word for it. And Jacob begat Joseph. The what? Husband of Mary. Of whom was born Jesus? Did you miss that? By the way, for the naked eye and for the for, for the for the casual reader, if you look up the word whom uh, in in the Greek, it is a word that is written in the Greek in the feminine gender. Up until that point, Janeo, and I won't, I won't get all into the Greek word, but up until that point, that word that is used in Matthew chapter one is used in the masculine sense to refer to a man. But all of a sudden, in verse number 16, we get the word of whom. Uh, Joseph, I, I know you're the man with your, with, 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 your, with your male ego going on, but the only thing that makes you somebody is you married to the woman that Jesus came through. Understand that Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary. Watch this now. Of whom was born Jesus. Now watch this now. To the Jew, it is always that you are born of your father, born of your father, born of your father, born of your father. But let me tell you something. All of a sudden, God took a virgin who had never been with a man and he put Jesus inside. By the way, he had to come through a virgin because you understand that every boy or girl that is born into this world that is a result of a man is thereby tainted with the sin nature that every man passes on. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if Jesus had an earthly father, he would inherit that earthly curse that every man inherits the moment he's born but by being presupposed and by being placed in the womb of Mary and by the way it's important that he was born of a virgin because most babies that are born when they're born they are entering the world and their existence begins but let me tell you something when Jesus was born that is not when his existence began John said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word was made flesh now 
watch Jesus as an eternity past. He always existed. Listen to me. He was there at creation. He was there before creation. He was there as the dust of the ground was formed and man became a living soul. He always has been. He was there when the stars was put in place and when the moon was put in space. He was there to create the animals. He was there, listen to me, when Noah and those were destroyed. He was there when the Old Testament uh, in Genesis chapter 3. He was there in Job said, I know my Redeemer lives. He was there when David said, the Lord is my shepherd. He was there in Isaiah. He was there in Song of Solomon. He was there in Ecclesiastes. He's been there, always has been there, just in eternity, waiting for his time to come to earth to redeem mankind. I'd love to have been there in heaven as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost were having a staff meeting in heaven. No doubt in my mind, God had already known that Adam was going to fail. And after Adam had fallen, mankind had been plunged into the sin curse and nothing could redeem them. Both rituals in the temple would cover their sins for a year, but their sins were still there and had to be atoned for. Man had tried to be good. They had tried to replace God with religion, but nothing would remove that stain. I'd love to hear God the Father taking the lead in the staff meeting and saying, I love the world too much to let them die and go to a devil's hell. But without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And after all, sin cannot be remitted unless it be remitted by somebody who identifies with human man. I'd love to hear God say, I want to redeem mankind, but I cannot redeem mankind unless blood is shed by someone that is one of them. I'd love to hear Jesus raise his hand up and say, Father, I'll go redeem mankind. I'll leave the glories of heaven. I'll leave all the pleasures and the worship of these angels to step uh, into this world to redeem mankind. God, I won't stop being God. I'll just start being man. And I'd love to hear him say, I'll go down. I'll be born of a virgin and I'll go to redeem mankind. And then the Holy Ghost to God say, oh, if you'll go, listen to me, I'll place you inside of Mary and I'll convict every man that he's lost and on his way to a devil's hell. You've got to see my friend. When Jesus came to earth, it was the working of the triune God. God the Father fought it. God the Son bought it. God the Holy Ghost brought it. Satan the enemy fought it. But glory to God, I still caught it. And my friend, when Jesus went in that womb, look at my Savior as he always has been in eternity past. The same yesterday, today, and forever. He stepped out of eternity into the womb of Mary to be born of a virgin. And Matthew says, in case them little lion haters try to change the record down the road, write it down explicitly. The birth of Jesus was on this wise. Wow. Wow. The miraculous phenomenon. Notice the ministry proclamation. Joseph is worried. To the angel gives him a calming word. Fear not. Take Mary. She's not tainted. She's blessed and highly favored. Amen. Before you go borrowing that phrase, make sure to find feet. How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. Do you even know what it means? That's a statement that was made of Mary. Amen. You say, why was she blessed? She was blessed to carry the Son of God. She was favored that Jesus came to live inside of her. Not so favored that she didn't need him to redeem her. Because in Luke she said, he's my savior. He's not only my son, he's my savior. 
oh, I may raise him up and feed him, but let me tell you something. I feed him with food that'll get him hungry again. When he feeds me with the bread of life, I'll never hunger, never thirst again. You've got to understand something. This was a special child. This was an amazing child. And when that calming word was given to her, given to Joseph, it was in so many words to say, listen to me, this is what's supposed to happen. You go marry that woman. The child in her is not from a man. It's from God. The ministering proclamation. Notice number four, the manifested prophecy. What was all this done for? Look at verse number 21. Now all this was done. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. Wow. Hey, wait a minute. Joseph, Joseph, take her and marry her. And do what you were going to do. Why? Because what you're doing now was prophesied a long time ago. And, and guess what? God can't disagree with God. See, see, the birth of Jesus was on this wise. When he was born, he was lining up stuff that had been lined up way before he was born. See, see, see by the way, it, it's very important that that, that that Greek word of whom is, is, uh, is in the feminine. Because you see... Uh, 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 Jesus, Jesus needed to come uh, uh, from from Mary. Uh, 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 he needed to come from 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 a woman. You see, because uh, it had been prophesied to be born in a specific place. That's Bethlehem, Matthew chapter five. It was prophesied to be born of a specific person. A virgin shall conceive. Isaiah chapter seven. It was prophesied that he would be born for a sovereign plan. Isaiah chapter nine. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You see, this couldn't be just a little baby that, that kicked rocks and fished in the pond. This had to be a baby who had been raised up that upon his shoulders the government would sit. You see, the, 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 the termination of all of those attempts by kings to sit on the throne and never get knocked off was found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ because one king would sit there and die because they're human kings that can't live forever. But when this baby was born, once he sat on the throne of his kingdom, there'll be no end. Lastly, the matchless person of Jesus. His name shall be called Jesus. Oh, my soul. Listen to the three names written in Matthew chapter 1 and see if they're not convincing for the Jews. Number one, Jesus. That means Savior. Number two, Christ. That means Messiah. And number three, Emmanuel. That means God with us. Hey, what's this now? He says to the Jew, did you miss it? He says to the Jew whose, whose, whose nation ended in a curse and whose last 400 years was characterized by silence, whose old covenant with God was characterized by unsatisfied longings, unexplained ceremonies, and unfulfilled prophecies. Matthew, in so many words, is saying, here's who you've been looking for. Here's who you've been looking for. Uh, here's who you've been looking for. Uh, the kings were pretty good, but they, they couldn't last. Uh, uh, the prophets were trying to tell the truth, but they even started to be lying prophets. 
and, and, and the priest went in once a year, but but even the priest that went in once a year could only go in one time, and eventually what he covered would, would have to be reckoned uh, uh, again. So you had priests that failed, and prophets that failed, and potentates that failed. But when this baby was born, you see, in one person, you found the prophet, priest, and potentate. You found the one who, 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 would, who would go into the holies of holies and offer for the sins of mankind forever. You found the one who would sit on the throne, and his kingdom would have no end and my friend my friend you found that prophet who fulfilled every prophecy who satisfied every longing and who explained every ceremony you see because that same baby that was born in a manger 33 and a half years would walk his way up Golgotha's hill he would allow them to put nails in his hands and nails in his feet they would spit upon him mock him beat him bruise him and brutalize him Isaiah said his visage was so marred you couldn't even recognize his humanity but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes he are healed. He wanted those Jews to know that that man that you crucified wasn't just a man. That man that you spat upon wasn't just a man. He's God's Messiah. He's God's son. He's the answer to every problem. He's the solution to every difficulty. He's the fill in to every blank. And by the way, Satan, meanwhile, while you've been doing your thing, thinking you're running this world, lowercase g, second Corinthians chapter number four, could I read revamp your memory way back when in the book of Genesis where you connived and got the, at the first man Adam to eat that fruit after I told him not to. Do you not realize that I told you in Genesis chapter 3 that you would bruise his heel but he would bruise he would bruise your head and do you not realize that I told you that the redemption would come not from the seed of man but from the seed of woman. So when Mary showed up in Matthew chapter 1 and those Jews were meandering around in darkness looking for the promised Messiah. Everything lined up. Bethlehem lined up. Jesus lined up. Mary lined up. A woman lined up. And 33 and a half years later Jesus would not only die on the cross but he'd be buried and then raised again for the redemption of mankind. And now here we are today you and I meandering around under the materialism and all of the mess that this world has supplied for us. Some of you today will, will buy into that frenzy tomorrow. You'll spend more money than you make. You'll buy more gifts than you should and get an attitude that you didn't get enough to mirror how many you bought. You'll buy into Santa Claus and festivities and the myths of holidays that seem to drown out Jesus. You'll let the world populate your mind with wicked television shows and the insane addiction of social media. You'll let your co-workers and your friends get you to say happy holidays because you don't want to offend nobody with Merry Christmas. You'll start writing Xmas to keep from having to hurt your wrist while buying in to the rhetoric of the world. You'll let the drugs and the alcohol and stepping up the social ladder be, be substituted in your life for the void that only Jesus can fill. You'll raise your children to make money, get a good education, make some up, something of themselves, and do you because you only live once while they gain the whole world and lose their own soul. You'll let the devil, devil get you powered down in intimidation by being scared to lift up Jesus and scared to tell your family members drinking out them red cups that if you get Jesus. You won't need that alcohol. You'll let the devil convince you on spending all your money on things so that you have nothing to give to Jesus. My friend, if you buy into that madness, you're no clearer in vision than the Jew was wandering in darkness between Malachi and Matthew. I say to you like Matthew said to the Jews, extra, extra, read all about it. This Christmas, we celebrate the man that we celebrate every day. I don't need Easter. I don't need Christmas. I don't need a gift. I don't need a day off. I don't need a bonus to know that Jesus said, I just
just need to wake up in the morning in my right mind with food on my table, clothes on my back, and a roof over my head, and to know that nothing can separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, to know that before the fullness of time, while God was way back when, I was on his mind, and to know that he came to this earth, and he willingly died for my sins, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, are you searching for the meaning of Christmas, looking for some validity in this great holiday? Are you, my friend, finding yourself finishing a year in 2013 with a bunch of mistakes and a bunch of problems and a bunch of worries and perplexities about what 2014 lies ahead? I'd like to tell you, I rejoice today on this Christmas and every day because my Jesus is alive. He was born in a manger, born of a virgin, born stepping out of eternity, born just as much as God as he was before he came to earth. He died on the cross of my sins. He was buried and he rose again. I've accepted him as my Savior. He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me I'm his own. He protects me. He guides me. He's blessed me beyond measure. He's my unspeakable gift. He's joy unspeakable and full of glory. I can't describe him. I can't tell you how good he is to me. I can never tell you anybody that compares to him. Listen to me. He loves me like I'm his only child. He treats me like I'm the only person on planet earth. He's given me a Bible. Filled me with his Holy Spirit. Established his local New Testament church. I've got a message that the world needs to hear. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know he came. It ain't a myth. It ain't a story. It ain't a lie. It ain't a fabrication. It ain't a false truth. It isn't a fable. My friend, he really was born. He really came from a virgin. He really was in Bethlehem. He really grew up and confounded the doctors. He really walked out 30 years old as the great high priest. He did die. He was buried. He did rose again. And in case you're a doubter or a hater, check Matthew out. The birth of Jesus was on this wise. Hallelujah. It's right there. You can't knock it. You can't change it. You can't shake it. You can't move it. It's not contingent upon your belief. Not subject to your approval. And not open for your investigation. Listen, it will not be brought down by your, your interrogation. It will, it will not be snatched of its authenticity by your skepticism. It will not be drowned out by materialism or legislated out by phony wannabe politicians. Listen to me. Jesus will not be replaced by religion and he will not be misplaced with foolishness. He will not be the butler you ring the bell for when you're thirsty or a prefix to your cuss word. He will not be somebody you casually think about at Christmas and kick to the curb every other day. He will not be some big Bible you read one verse from and preach about everything else. He wants to be the baby that was born in a manger that is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And my friend, it all started when the meandering Jew saw out of the darkness the bright and morning star. Thank you for joining us for today's Pulpit Hour, brought to you by The Preaching Channel. To listen to this message once again in its entirety, for a free download of this message or a variety of any other messages, or to listen to preaching 24 hours a day, you can visit The Preaching Channel at wgcrpreaching.net. If you don't have download capabilities, feel free to call and order a CD copy of today's message at 828-884-9427.